Alrighty, in today's throwback episode, we've got uh, an interview from a few years ago that I conducted with uh, Zookeeper and Venomous Snake uh, private hobbyist uh, Jamison Brody. Uh, we're talking about a mixture of different things from memory, including uh, those two that I just mentioned, zookeeping and venomous snake keeping, as well as his involvements at Lilydale High School and a few other bits and pieces as well. Um, now, obviously, this being a few years old, a lot has changed since then. This was actually one of the first interviews, if not the first interview that I conducted as well. Um, so there may be a few moments in time where there's a bit of patchiness or something along those lines. Just bear with it. Um, the content is still well and truly worth listening to. Uh, we will definitely be having Jamison on at some point over the next couple of months to get a uh, new and improved version of what he's up to these days uh, and what he keeps as well. Uh, but yeah, this should be a good overview of a few different areas within the hobby and the professional sector as well. Uh, hopefully you enjoy. Thanks. Good sign. There we go, we might have actually gotten it to work. Technology, huh? Yeah. Um, I will be back in one second. I need to go and get a charger because this thing's going to go flat soon. Um, so, yeah, I'll be back. And then Stuck here with a live stream. Well, everyone that is live, what can we do? We will. All right, now this should work. The show is gay. Yes. All right. So, how about we start off with where did it all begin for you with the reptiles? Right. Um, the reptile hobby for me um, started at a really young age. Um, so from pretty much when I could understand English and speak, um, I was sat on the TV as a kid watching Steve Irwin every day, all day. Um, I think my parents got really sick of it in the end, watching the same episode over again. Um, they pretty much know it word for word by the end of it. I think I did too. And then, um, yeah, and when I hit about grade three, so when I was about eight years old, my yeah. family went out and bought me blue tongues, which was my first ever reptile. I've still got my first actually outside, so still going. Um, and then, yeah, just worked up from there into carpets, children's pythons, and then, yeah, monitors and the lapids. So, yeah, still into it. Cool. Um, so that leads in perfectly to the next question. Um, what have you currently got? Or what's the main uh, things that you're what working I'm with? Um, so a lot of you that don't know, um, I used to and still am a little bit involved with the Lillard High School Reptile House. Um, so a lot of the animals they had there, I didn't have to keep at home because I was at school and working there every day and I had to work with them there. Um, so I chose to keep a lot of venomous stuff, um, a lot of venomous snakes, type ends and all that sort of stuff just because um, they didn't have them at the school and I was, you know, I could get car pythons and stuff there so I kept the rarer stuff at home. Um, but at the moment... For the most part, my collection um, is I've got a pair of freshwater crocodiles down there, um, some common tree snakes, a couple of different colours, um, a pair of copperheads, a pair of tiger snakes, I've got a collet's black, um, some children's pipe, 
some jungle pythons, your standard stuff as well. Uh, a lot of the, a lot of the small dragons I'm starting to get into, so I'm looking for Jackie dragons at the moment. But got a, like a oh, they shouldn't be too hard to find. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And um, yeah, crested dragons as well. Um, are something that I keep. They're pretty unusual, so got them sent yeah. over from good old Australia, and yeah, they're an awesome species. Um, so I'm really enjoying that. Sounds good. Now I am just trying to work out this camera. Don't it's mind me. Oh no, it depends on how long people want to sit here and listen to us talk. Yeah. There we go. That should work. Now I'll go and get there my we... list of questions. Jeez, I'm on all this. Go for it. Yeah, so I think I covered everything. Okay, okay. I got the five hand, uh, a couple of tigers, copperheads, uh, yeah, common trees. So just some small type of collection. Doesn't need to be anything huge. So yeah. yeah. So what are your breeding plans for this year? Breeding plans for this year. Oh, I've got my fingers crossed on the common tree snakes, but I don't know how lucky I'm going to be. Um, one can only pray for that. Um, other than that, not a huge amount. Surprisingly, working full time, I tried to keep a lot of things separate. Um, but I've unfortunately I've seen made already, and I just know I'm going to end up with eggs. Um, so I'm probably going to have some children's pythons going, um, and maybe some tiger snakes in the future. Keeping an eye on a couple of them. So it just depends if Nigel wants to send me some more. But yeah, that's awesome. Sounds good. It's really. Um, so going on with that. What species or morphs or whatever is something that you would like to get into but don't currently own? Um, so I don't know what I'd like to keep in the future. Um, I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm a bit jealous of Joe Ball. Joe Ball, if you're listening, send me some Emeralds tree monitors, man. I saw those eggs the other day. Come on. I'll give you like a kidney, like a liver, whatever you need to spare. Um, I'll send it down to you because those Emeralds trees are absolutely wicked. So... I'd love to. I'd love to keep them eventually. They're probably my favourite lizard species native to Australia. So yeah, mm, if only Victoria was a bit better with their licensing, eh? I reckon the Department of Wildlife need to definitely put them on the books for us because we need them down here. They are so cool. Yeah, between that and the Kimberley rock monitors and things like that. Yeah, Kimberley rocks. I actually saw my first Kimberley rock probably six months ago, and then I was like, okay, I can see why people like these. <laughs> they're very yeah. cool. Um, all right, what's next? Oh, you've mentioned LHS. So what, what's your thoughts on that whole program and I guess what was your role there? Um, so Lillardot High School, I started there in 2012, I think it was. Um, and back then it was all mock rock. We had big exhibits, big sliding doors and everything like that. Um, it was really, really good, looked awesome, but we could house nowhere near the number of animals we have now. Um, and then I was there just as a keeper. I started in year seven, did the, the standard stuff, your food bowls, cleaning our cages, that sort of thing. Um, and then as the year sort of progressed, um, I moved up, you know, from year seven, year eight to year nine. And then in 2014, we had our fire. So we lost a lot of animals then. That was a hard time for, as well as myself and like a lot of the keepers, we struggled with that. Um, lost a lot of good animals, a lot of really cool animals. Um, but it was all about sort of starting afresh. So like we got a new portable out of it um, with the with the funding we came up with, we could design new enclosures, buy new animals, and the kids got to see stuff that they'd never seen before. Um, and yeah, it was really cool to be a part of that. I was lucky enough um, to have my dad and Marcus, um, both really knowledgeable reptile guys in building enclosures. So we spent a good couple of weeks just building, you know, 400 or something a lot of enclosures. We got heaps down there. So yeah. yeah, it was really cool to be a part of that. 
Um, and then, yeah, it, it just keeps growing ever since. Like, I'm not involved in there as much as I used to be this year. Um, but, like, every now and then I sneak down there and give the guys a hand on Friday afternoon and the room just grows. Like, you see stuff and you, you know, you're like, hey, did you get the hold of that? Like, why well, don't I have that in my place? So, that's some cool stuff. And I can't wait to see where all that goes with it. By far, probably probably the biggest reptile collection in one place in Victoria. I reckon it's probably up there. Mm, it's mad. Yeah. So, good on them, man. And my crocodiles, the two I've got out at the back, um, they're both hopefully going to end up there in the future. So, yeah, I can't wait to see them there. They'll, they'll love it. It's going to be awesome. That'll be interesting with all the kids. How's that going to work? Uh, yeah, so I'm pretty sure we have a really strict um, sort of couple of guidelines we've got to follow with. I'm pretty sure the kids don't get to be hands-on with them at all um, unless yeah. they're, like, taped up and that sort of thing. Um, so, you know, it's a sort of a Marcus or, like, one of the animal tech guys, like Mike Swan, will be able to feed them. Um, but, yeah, they're going to be really cool. Our girl out there, she's really good for handling. I get out and handle her all the time just to keep her used to it. And, yeah, she's going to be awesome. What a, what a great educational tool as well. Um, it's so cool to just watch kids' faces when they light up. Like when I get family around here and I break them out, they love it. So I can just imagine how good they're going to be at the high school. Yeah. That Lilydale does that whole thing so well. Like my school, we've got probably 30-odd animals in total. We've got some carpet pythons, a couple of uh, – we've got a sand monitor, some yeah, common lizards, things like that as well. But the difference between how – at my school does it and LHS is ridiculous. They, yeah. our school LHS is like, well, shame. <laughs> yeah, our school is what? like, you know, you go to Werribee Zoo or something like that and it's, you don't go anywhere near the animals. They're just there to look at, but then you go to LHS and you can basically pick up whatever you want. Yeah. That's the, that's the cool part about it. When you get like, um, sort of next, so this year's year sixes will get tours at the end of the year as their parents start looking at moving them into high school. Um, and that's like the best time to be working in, in the room because you get to see their face for the first time when they walk into a portable and it's wall to wall with enclosures of things like from mm -hmm. geckos that are a couple of centimeters long to like our lace monitor is probably nearly two meters down there now and they can and touch the and go crazy. So yeah. they love it. They absolutely love it. And it's awesome to see kids coming back to that program every year. There's probably 100, 150 kids at you know the start of the year. Mm. Um, we lose a lot of them to sport. Term two sport kicks in. Every kid wants to go play footy, basketball. Um, but we still get about like 30-odd students each year actually joining the program. So it's awesome. And it grows huge. Like we have so many kids now. Um, but they all get used. We rotate them all. They go out to other schools. And, you know, we no animal gets looked after it. And the more keepers we have, the more animals, you know, mm. have a dedicated person to look after them. So it means we miss nothing on our half as well, which is really cool. Yeah, and the the uh, variety of animals that LHS has got is oh, second to none. Yeah, it's really cool. Everything from, like, your thick-tail geckos to, like, the ultimate gecko. Look at, like, the rough-throated leaf tails. Yeah. Um, your small monitors, like your ridges, um, up to your big monitors, like we got the laces, the mangroves, the mertens the down there. Uh, the Spencers so, were another cool yeah. one. I know we recently, we've got pig nose turtles again down there now. We're oh, re-keeping them. Really That's cool. cool. Are really, really cool. I love that species. They're pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's awesome. And the more that they can grow and the more the Department of Wildlife can see us growing, the better, because then that's when they give us stuff to help them breed. Like, ultimately, and I've always joked around with a couple of guys in the department and said, look, we should get crawberry frogs down here breeding and have a program at the school. And they're like, oh, I don't know. You know so it's like just stuff like that we're going to keep pushing for and make LHS the ultimate. It's really cool. It'll get there eventually, definitely. It will. It's a, just a matter of time. Well, we're about to do another extension on the, on the – 
on the lowdown we're about to do. And so we've been given some funding to, to build out. So they'll incorporate hopefully the new crocodile enclosure and stuff like that. Mm. So hopefully that's going to be good. We'll get to see the crocs down there, which would be awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. Zookeeping. Tell us all about that. Zookeeping. Um, so my role at the moment is, well, my current sort of job is a zookeeper. Um, so I work in what I'd call sort of a private zoo out here um, in Mount Evelyn. Um, so basically it has a big bed and breakfast inside of it. So you can come there, you pay for your room, you stay the night, a couple of nights, whatever you got to do. And they have a massive zoo inside of it, ranging from things like sugar gliders to dingoes to kangaroos to quolls and, and owls and all that awesome stuff. Um, so my job there is I sort of oversee the animals and also a massive thing they do down there, which is something I, you know, you don't really hear of that often is the zoo actually takes on guys with disabilities. So guys like with autism and that sort of stuff. And they come and work there during the day, um, and help with food preparation and maintain the animals alongside of me. Um, so I get to oversee them as well, which is so cool. I mean, to be able to work yeah. with guys who people treat as different and to mm. make them equal and watch how they react when you get animals out and watch them working with animals is just so cool. It's awesome. Mm. Puts a smile on their face, puts a huge smile on my face to see them happy um, and see them discover new things. Like, I don't know if you've seen a spotted quoll before, but I know we had a lot of guys down there who'd never seen one. Possibly. So, Probably. Yeah. Pretty, it's pretty yeah. cool. We recently got a couple of new owls down there and the, the big owl, um, our big female, is probably one of the biggest owls I've ever seen and the guys were like, whoa, look at the size of that thing. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, a, it's really cool. And they like to walk the dingoes and all that sort of stuff and um, yeah, it's just awesome. It's really good that Lou and Steve, shout out to you guys, give those guys an opportunity to work with animals. It's just really, really cool. Wow, it sounds like a great program that you've got there. Yeah, it's awesome. And it's it's a snowball. It's snowballs. It just grows and grows and grows. Like, we're in the midst now of planning to build an enclosure to take on, like, a wedge-tail eagle. Um, oh, you know, we're making... Cool. Yeah, it's so cool. We're making other connections right now to branch out and hopefully get things like Tassie devils in and mountain pygmy possums and start breeding mm -hmm. them. So we're really branching out. Um, I don't know, ever since I've been there, we've just been like, grow, 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 make it bigger. So we've got more reptiles and... You know, it's the, the, the sky's the limit for them. They can go until we run out of the space on the six or seven acres they're on at the moment. So Jeez. it's going to be re really cool. Yeah. yeah, I can't wait to step down there. I think it's going to be so cool. Sounds good. Um, what is next? Uh, I guess we briefly touched on this. What are your thoughts on the Vic licensing stuff? Oh, the licensing. A very touchy subject. Um, <laughs> uh, the licensing system at the moment in Vic, it's good. They're going to go online with it. I don't know too much about that. Um, oh, I think they've the been saying that for years, though. Yeah, yeah. It's been about, what, 15 years ago they said they're going to go online. <laughs> but anyway, they still keep going. Um, yeah, it's look, it's good. I like how they run things at the moment. They're pretty relaxed. Usually, if you've got the Department of Wildlife knocking on your door, you sh you've showed someone something you shouldn't have and they've, you know, loudmouthed about it and it's gotten out there. Um, the major thing that I find wrong with the licensing system, there's a couple of things. Um, I reckon, like, with lace monitors, big species of monitor like that, they're all basic. You know, if you're a yeah. first-time keeper, you go out there and buy a lacy. It's, it's, they're yeah. not really the friendly to start with. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that, that's a bit touchy for me. Maybe looking at what animals are on which license system is, is something I should really sit back and do. Mm. As well as um, the big thing with the vents. So to be able to keep vents down here in Victoria, you've got to be 18. Um, that's pretty much it. 
So you can turn 18 and go out and get your wildlife license. It comes in the mail two or three weeks later. Go out and buy yourself an inland type in the day after it comes. And no training, no nothing. That's a bit touchy. I reckon we've got to work on that. There should be some sort of government program, like you've got to do a course through yeah. these four guys. There's guys out there that run it. Like you look at Sean McCarthy and, you know, Mike Alexander and all that stuff. They do awesome um, snake, venomous snake training and handling programs for people to become snake catchers. I personally have did one of them. I wanted to keep Vens under the age of 18 and to be able to do that, I had to do the course and I'm really glad I did it. Um, they taught me things that, you know, you, you wouldn't learn unless, you, you know, you had an experienced person there with you. And a big thing for Vens is mentorship and I was really glad that I paid to do the course and got hands-on and learnt the tailing techniques and went to use what tool and it's awesome. It's really helped me out. So I think the department should really look at implementing you've got to do a course um, mm. Not so much an hours thing. I know in America it's like a thousand hours, something like that, you've got to do handling for. Oh, that's like getting yeah. your license. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, no, that's my only real bone to pick with it. I don't know what your opinion is on it, but yeah. Uh, well, I, I agree with you with the, some of the uh, animals in which license. Because you go, pygmy bearded dragons on an advanced is the silliest yeah. thing I've seen. Honestly. Uh, uh, and then same thing with, from what I've heard with the crocs, some of my friends uh, who run wildlife demos, they were like, literally, we just had the permit. We went, this is what we've got. Can we have a croc? And nobody asked any questions. Yeah. And there's a lot, there's a lot of people getting crocs now. Like you look at the groups on Facebook dedicated to, dedicated to croc keepers, crocodile buy swap and sale groups. There's a lot of people out there with crocs now, a lot of private people. Both mm. my crocs came from people who I didn't even know had crocodiles. They were both private keepers. Um, one of them was a little lady who was literally, she was tiny. The crocodile was probably bigger than her and she was like 50 years old and used to wrangle the thing. Um, mm. But she was moving house, had to downsize. So she gave the croc to me. And I said, give that one to the school. It's Cleo. And then the other one came from a good friend of mine, uh, rang me up. He had a friend who'd recently lost his wife in a car accident and had been offered a big job up in Cairns and didn't want to take the crocodile with him. So that's how I got a hold of the other one. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot more people getting into crocs. And, yeah, you kind of got to question the experience for it as well. Crocs aren't really an animal you want to play with. Um, yeah. they're, they're, they're quick. They'll nail you hard. Um, I made a mistake last year. I got grabbed by one of mine. Luckily, nothing huge, no stitches or anything. But it was enough to shake me and sort of put me back in line and go, whoa, hang on a minute. You've really got to watch yourself with these guys because you, you, you forget and you get complacent. And that's the biggest issue mm. um, I find with it. Especially a lot of guys keep vents. You get really complacent after a while. And it's just a matter of keeping yourself on your feet all the time. Yeah. That, that reminds me of one of the Steve Irwin docos I was watching the other day. And... Um, Bob and his dad specifically made the point of saying that Steve got nailed once in a thing on the ankle by one of the crocs he was catching. And the main thing that they said was that it was because he was getting too complacent with them. Yeah. Yeah, then, complacency is yeah. the biggest issue. Um, you look at a lot of Ven guys who get nailed and they've usually just grabbed a snake because they're having a bad day or whatever and just picked it up and shoved it in a bin and it's got them halfway. Um, sure, you can do that with some, you know, your other four snakes in your collection, but that one you got to watch your, you know, your tail with, and you know, this is where people make mistakes. I personally, uh, at the back, like most of my snakes are pretty good. The copperheads are quiet, the tigers are quiet, um, but that's the reason why I usually keep a textilis, so a brown snake, because they are really bouncy, they're really aggressive mm -hmm. and defensive, and they do keep you on your toes. So it's good to sort of have that snake that challenges you. 
Um, I've got, you know, as I said before, I mentioned I had the Taipan at the back, which unfortunately for me is the biggest puppy dog of a snake I own. Like, I think my children's python's aggressive than that thing, um, which is really uncommon for coastal ties, but I'm lucky to have that animal. It's a great animal to have because um, I don't mm. have to really worry about it that much, but it doesn't mean I trust it on the other hand. Yeah. I don't, you know, rehandle it, put it around my neck or anything like that. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's just a matter of keeping yourself on your toes all the time and not getting complacent. That's how I think you avoid getting nailed. Yeah. And yeah, Stewie, I agree that cost on the licensing is a little bit of a joke in some ways, but yeah. there's not much you can do about that, though. I three years at the start of next year, so yeah, it's a, it's a big yeah. one. It's like, it's like um, except you're losing money or canning it back, you're getting tapped. <laughs> No. Um, Alright, what is next? Oh, I think we briefly touched on this, but um, if you could change one law or classification on the licence, what would it be? Um, yeah, probably the venomous snake thing. Um, I, I myself as a venomous snake keeper, I know I shouldn't really jump and bag it out because it's ruining it for the other guys, but I think the licensing's got to be changed. You know, you get guys out there who turn 18, um, then they're straight in, let's get an inland type in, and then mm. they get nailed, they get whacked. Um, so, yeah, we hear, a lot, we hear about a lot of guys getting bitten by venomous snakes, not so much in private keepers like people's pets, but I'm sure there's a lot out there that we don't hear. So, mm. well, I know of some personal friends who've been nailed, and, you know, it's never hit the news or anything like that. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's just, there was that one it's, last year that um, Nathan got tagged by yeah. his, and that was all over the news just because yeah, he had a YouTube was, channel. Yeah, really? that was that was crazy, and I think he didn't have it for that long either. Like I speak to Nathan, um, I got no beef against him, but you know it, it happens. Sometimes we make mistakes. Yeah. Myself, I'm, this is my third year keeping vents. I've slipped up probably two or three times, and I've got wall that was close. So, yeah, it's it it happens sometimes, and I can understand that. Mm. Well, um, I don't know what else to talk about now. <laughs> Questions from the stream. <laughs> yes. Do we have any questions or? I know there's a lot of anything. men who are watching probably bagging me out in the comments. I can't even read <laughs> yeah. I know they're all there. I'm, I'm just happy because my Eastern Water Dragon decided not to move around during the stream. He's been going oh. nuts the last two days. He's probably just watching it. Yeah, I think he <laughs> might be. He's just kind of sitting there. Yeah. Apparently no, last night he just went absolutely crazy and my mum when I woke up started yelling at me and I was like I'm sorry I didn't yeah. it's not my fault <laughs> oh, well. uh, no they're very cool I was at the vet last night with a long-nosed dragon who I thought was gravid but it turns out the males like bitten her and like under the skin swelled up so it looks like she's full of eggs here mm. I am waiting for these eggs to hatch and it's just swelling so a little, mm. bit, a little bit disappointed, but that's all right. He's trying to mate with her today, so hopefully in the future we'll have some long nose dragons. Yeah, that's that's something different. The long nose dragons. Oh, if I was paying for you know egg bound like you know removal, you know surgery or anything like that, it was just a consult. So <laughs> pretty happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> it cost me a lot. Yeah. I'm awesome. trying to change some rules for controllers licensing. All right. Oh yeah, that's interesting, Stewie. What do you? What? What? Where's that going? Is that like with the photos and stuff, or? Oh, is this for snake catchers? Not being yeah. Photos, videos. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Is that just in Vic? Because I know there's a lot of guys up in the Gold yeah. Coast, YouTube channels and stuff. Yeah, that I don't, I don't get that. I, like, I get the whole thing about the copycatters, 
But if it's to do with, like, the poaching side of things, um, I don't see what the difference between that and, like, wildlife photography is. Yeah. Really. Yeah, well, that's true. Poaching so is really a big as well. Yeah. Stewie says, as a controller, we can't rehabilitate injured wildlife. Okay, so if you catch an injured snake, you can't keep it for a little while just to put it back up health. That's interesting. So is it everything that's got to be euthanized? Then euthanized. That or just released? Yeah, it's shocking. Especially if you get given half a tiger snake or something like that. Yeah. And he said, we can't take photos to educate the public. But then what will yeah. you find for? Isn't that, isn't that then the same thing as wildlife photography? Like, I know yeah. I'm, my thing is wildlife photography, and I, like, I don't understand the difference between, you know, taking pictures of a snake that you've caught and taking pictures of one that you've seen because you're still, it's pretty much identical, really. Yeah, it's a bit of a grey area. Yeah. There's a few of them, but there's some grey areas in there. He said, um, mainly venomous snakes, they have to be euthanized. Okay, so if you get one that's half dead, you just have to kill it. Yeah, so that's interesting because I know they're also talking about scrapping wildlife carers as well completely. Well, not completely. Mm. Get rid of them. Yeah, I've seen that. The wildlife that comes in gets used. If it can't yeah. Be released, pretty sure. Which is sad. Um, in my opinion, I'd be putting them straight out of the books as a captive animal because there's mm. not that many people out there. Like, I know we would mind some more wombats at the zoo. Um, I know there's a few wildlife parks out there that you can, I could use some more kangaroos, but um, yeah, it is what it is. And if that's something to do it, but it's just a shame for wildlife carers. A lot of people I know who are carers are absolutely devastated. So mm. that'll be um, with the kangaroos and stuff. Is there any for like a zoo setting? Is there any sort of laws as to getting them desexed, or is that a zoo's option or no, choice? It's, it's a zoo's option. There's a lot of like I know Ballarat Wildlife Park don't um, desex any of their Oh yeah, I've I've seen that happen a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they've got got a few big big males down there. They've got a huge population. Yeah. Um, personally, for us at the zoo, we have we we're sort of fifty fifty. Um, we have a couple who are desexed. Usually, they're um, just really dominant males who. It's really strange when when you go in there when they you know they're intact males. They just sort of try and have a box on with this. They'll be trying to kick you out and mm. grab you and punch you As soon as you have them desexed, it just stops and they become like placid as. Um, so that's why we've had a couple done, um, just because we don't like being kicked by kangaroos when we're filling up waters and stuff. Yeah. Um, but we come down the back who are very like shy. They'll sit, they'll stay back, stay away from us, and we just count them as breeders pretty much. So yeah. we use for our program. But we've got a few. I think we've got an intact red kangaroo. Um, so mm. hopefully we'll breed them in the future. They're pretty cool. Massive yep. kangaroo. Yeah. So Stewie says he got in trouble for rescuing an echidna out of a backyard because it's not covered under his controller's permit. I saw oh, that, but because it's not a reptile, maybe. Yeah. Is that how it so works? That's the type of thing. Controllers would go for everything, but I guess is that because they want to train you in each section? Like they want to train you to do how to remove yeah. wombats, how to remove possums, how to remove echidnas, or that's is it weird. It's one. I don't know why they wouldn't just do it as one controller's permit for all. Yeah. It is one of these. Oh, controller well. permit for mammals, mostly. <laughs> yeah. Would be a few. 
So did you see that LHS got the, um, I think, were they Rusty monitors now? Yeah, the Rusties. They are, they're, they're, they're wicked. They're really yeah. cool. Um, Another one to I'll, add to their water monitor collection. <laughs> yeah. I actually went out and picked them up when they came in off Qantas Freight. I drove out and picked them up and brought them back to the school. And um, I felt like putting them on my Facebook and going, hey, guess what? But I didn't want to, didn't want to trigger too many people. Because <laughs> I think there's only four in Victoria off the top of my head. Mm. Um, so, yeah, they're something you don't see every day. And it was really cool for me to unbox them and be able to see them. And I was like, okay, this is really cool. Um, yeah, yeah, it's all, all the water monitors and things like that. They're rare yeah. as, but once you see them, you're like, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, Marcus down there, he's a big um, monitor guy. He loves his monitors. I think they're probably his favourite reptiles, if anything. So I wouldn't be surprised if down the line you saw us taking on things like emeralds, trees and all that and just mm. growing a huge monitor collection down there. <laughs> Parentes. <laughs> Parentes, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. That's, if only they had space for that. <laughs> oh, we'd make space for that. It's more attaining the permits to keep that. Yeah. I know there's a few guys out there which have been demonstrators for years which can't get parentes, but only I don't know mm. some people can. Yeah, that's a touchy subject. But look, when we do the extension, got some space, you never know. So yeah, you'll just have know. to wait and see. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to say no, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you've got you've got all the vens, you've got the crocs, you've got some of the python species. Yeah. You want to get emeralds if they were on license. I'd get emeralds in a heartbeat. I'd sell my car, buy them with that. Fair <laughs> enough. You got small dragons. Yeah. Some blueies. Yeah, got a couple of blueies. Anything else? Um, just the colubrids, so just the commentaries. Ah, oh, yeah. They're, uh, yeah, they're a recent one that's taken my heart. Um, they're mm. really cool. Um, uh, so, yeah, I've got a, a couple of babies down there and then a couple of adults. So I'm just kind of hoping one of my girls mm. swells up full of um, We'll probably keep them all until I pick and choose what I want and sell the rest off. But, yeah, they're, um, they're really cool. They're a cool species, especially once you get them eating fish on their own. I mean, there's nothing cooler than getting tip and feed a fish in there and just watching them all come down and grab them out of the water. That's really cool. I was about um, to say yeah, what big... their feeding's like. So that, okay, so yeah. fish um, feeds. Three on fish and um, I've got one on mice. So, yeah. What's easier work. to get them onto, mice or fish? Um, the fish were easy for me. Like, you just let them go hungry, you just dip a bit of water in there. So I basically got their tub and sat on an angle like that and yep. just fill the bottom of water so it gets deep and then just chuck the feeder fish in there, put the lid on and leave them. And this right on top of the lid, how many feeder fish you threw in there the night before. Come back in the morning, you had three in there, there's, you know, one left. There you go. So yep. that's how I sort of got her. It's just the movement. And then once you get stuff like, you know, from there you can go grab pinkies on tongs and dangle them in front of them. And the movement, they usually come over and smash them. So, yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool. we got the high schools one going the same way, fish onto yep. mice. So it, yeah, it, that, it the trick. high schools one's nice too. Yeah, I was off at that. I should have, uh, I should have had off that one. Like, in high school, I was like, oh, I don't want common trees. Um, <laughs> massive. <laughs> yeah, he's, a, he's a cool little snake. But no, I'm glad he's down at the school. He's awesome yeah. to display. We took him to an expo when we the first yeah. year we had him and offered us like three grand for it or something Jeez. like that. Jeez. Holds some value. I didn't even really realise yeah, that. Yeah, well, much. I think they're pretty rare down here at least. 
Yeah, I haven't paid that much for them. Not gonna lie. I think yeah. I might think the most expensive one I bought cost me about six hundred bucks. So Well that's a good yeah, deal then. <laughs> um but not that expensive as well. So that's awesome. But yeah, yeah. just I mean I'm, I'm enjoying keeping the Vens at the moment. Um yeah. I've kept the tires, I've kept the Browns, the Tigers, the Death Adders, the Collets. I've kept a few different Browns. Magna and I, the Westerns, um, and Shilaris is the northern species. So I've kept a few of them and sort of played around with a couple other things. And I've got a, I've got a yellow-faced whip down the back. People don't oh, know yeah. a lot of them. So that's pretty cool. Um, managed to get my hands on one of them on, on license. Guy messaged me and he said he had one for sale. And I went, oh, yeah, right. Here, here comes another poached animal. But um, no, I had the paperwork to back it up. And oh, well, why not? So That's something different. Lucky, lucky to have that. I don't know too many people at all with yellow face whips on the books. So, yeah. yeah very cool. Um, red bellies? Red bellies, yeah. Got a pair of red bellies. Got a male, fem- got a male female pair down there. Last they're year's probably, babies. They're probably my favourite out of the Vens because they're one of the only ones that I've seen out in the wild. I was on a school camp last year and we were canoeing down the Goulburn River. And there was just this little baby one swimming across. And one of my friends just yelled out, Josh, there's a snake. So I just quickly paddled over and I was like, oh, it's a red belly. Cool. And then just kind of yeah. let it go. I um, I was really anti-red belly at the start. I was like, oh, they're just black with red bellies, you know. And then I sort of got to handle a couple of friends' ones. And I went, oh, yeah, they're pretty cool. And then I picked up my – I picked up three for really cheap and um, – I had, they were all young and a couple were unfeeding and I lost one, unfortunately, but I kept, I've got two down there still and they're feeding on their own now. Um, but at the start, I was like, oh, I don't really know. But when you get to know them and you see that black colour and their black eyes, they are mm. quite a cool little species. Um, and mine are complete opposites as well. I've got one down there, which is literally like she's feral. She's probably the jumpiest snake I own. And I've got one down there, which is just like the calmest in the world. Like you could not care less about anything. Um, but yeah, they're, they're really cool. I'm enjoying them. Um, they're a bit, bit jumpy, well, my one is anyway. But yeah, they're, all right. They're... So we've got a couple of questions here. Yep. One is, how many snakes do you have? Um, oh, let me do the count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, I'm at, at the moment. Yep, and the other question is, how's the whip feeding? The whip. Uh, the whip's going good. So I, at the start, was assist feeding on just like your adult mouse legs. You grab your adult mouse, cut the leg off with the thigh muscle, um, so that big juicy muscle um, on the side of the leg, and it was just shoving them down it. Um, and then at the moment, I'm just getting onto scented at the moment. So I've got um, Cunningham skinks, which is a species I forgot to mention before. I just literally rub Cunningham skink all over it. And um, yeah, it's like the other week it took one, but it didn't need it. And I was like, oh, like it was so close. But, you know, I'm really working on pushing it and getting onto them. I might even try, um, get, like, you know, going to the school and grabbing one of the green tree frogs, scenting mm. them with frog eggs. I know there's skink eaters in the wild, but unfortunately down here in Vic, we can't keep skinks um, to feed. Otherwise, I wouldn't have a natural diet for it. But, yeah, I'm just trying to get it over onto mice at the moment. It's, hard, it's pretty hard. I'm just secretly hoping one day I go out there and it just grabs it and eats it and I'll be over the moon. But, um, yeah, at the moment, keeping it alive. I stress about that snake, um, but I don't want to lose it because it's one of the, you know, the only captive ones I know of. So I know yeah. Lockie, Lockie King, is it? I think yeah. he's got one too. 
Lucky King, if you're watching, send us down. I don't know what sex might be, but we'll try and breed them. <laughs> But yeah, um, another question is, what was your first snake? First snake? I had a children's python. I've still got her, Millie. It's a good uh, start. She was uh, probably a yearling when I got her. I've bred her once. She's currently grabbing with the clutch as we speak. Um, yeah, really cool, really cool snake. Um, my parents were really worried about our first snake and we started with, you know, this small little hatchy and she was really good. She, she's bitten my dad once. So there you go. And that was probably the first week we had her. He just went in and picked her up and she was probably asleep and just reacted and bit him before we discovered snake hooks. This was, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've still got Millie. She's a grouse, um, animal. Uh, I couldn't pick a better starter snake in my opinion. A lot of people say don't go children's. They're jumpy, they're snappy, but if you get them from a young enough age, they calm down really well. Um, I think yeah. the Antaresia family is probably the best family of snake to start with. I don't know what you think about that, but yeah, the spotted, the stimmies and all that sort of stuff, they're yeah. really good. Well, I've got, mine is an MD carpet. She is good. I say good. She's fairly cage defensive, but once she's out, yeah. she's fine. Um, yeah, no issues with eating, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> Just whacks it so hard. Yeah, I love that. I've got black-headed python pair down the bottom, and they're really cage defensive. Like you come mm. in there and then just like food, like just straight away. Um, so I go in there with like the dustpan and defend them off with the pan. They come smashing over to bite me. But um, yeah, they're awesome. They have no trouble eating at least. I can't complain with that. And usually I gotta try and separate them both before the other one steals the other one's rat. So yeah, no, they're all. So awesome. do you keep the blackheads what together? Or yeah, that's breeding. So the blackheads yeah. I've got down the back are um, a head for Exantics. So they'll produce the black oh, and yeah. white. Like, yeah. yeah. The, um, so this was their first season. I tried them out. I think I got them a bit too late. I don't think I got them mm. just early enough because I haven't really had anything down there. They've been like, you know, laying together heaps. So I'm just kind of hoping in the next few months she drops a shed and I start seeing big eggs swell up in her and I'll be pretty happy. But... Yeah, I don't think I don't think I got the high chance, but mm. we can only That's try a, these next yeah. season. 100. <laughs> That's a cool uh, morph there, that is Anthex. They are very cool. I was lucky to pick them up at an expo. There was six of them there on this stall, and I just picked the two nicest ones before the expo even kicked off. That's the benefits yep. to uh, having a stall there. Get the, <laughs> pick the doors open, so I ran around and grabbed them. Saw the parents; they were really nice. So yeah, took them took them back and just grown them up now and. But why not throw them together? Yep, What's the worst enough. thing that can happen? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, let's see if there are any other questions. <laughs> Someone asks, when's my copperhead coming? <laughs> oh, Kitan, I know exactly who that is. <laughs> hey, what, Kai? When, when this one grows up up here, you can have her. I'll, I'll give it to you. <laughs> she's hiding, I can't even find it. Oh, she's having a soak, she's going to shed. There's a copy for you. There you go. I'll grow it up. When, you, when your parents say you can have it, we'll do it. Done. Easy. If your mum and dad come to me and say, Jam, you can give them a copy, it's done. It's easy. Over. How about that? There you go. Caught that yeah. live on stream too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Don't, don't, don't upload this. No, <laughs> Oh, I'm sure a friend's got some more for sale. If not, I'll probably buy some more. The copperheads are awesome. They're a great species. I started, that's my first event. Um, I kept the copperheads. Um, still got the first one down there. And then I got that little one up there, a little girl. And I got a big adult one outside in a pit. 
the moment. I left her out all winter. Yeah. She's starting to out every like with the past what three or four days we had it been pretty warm down here. So I've gone to go past the pit a few times and she's shot off under a log. So it's pretty cool. Um, do you keep the blueies outside at all? I do. Over oh, summer, yeah. they came over winter because my girl's getting pretty old. It was my first ever lizard. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, the male's inside too. But even inside, I just run, um, they're in like a big tub, probably a metre long, a metre wide. Um, just fill it full of mulch and hay. And I just drop like a 40 watt um, infrared light over the top. So if they want to get hot, they can. If not, they just sleep usually. So mm. yeah, just put them in there and they'll probably start going out the next probably what, three weeks or so when the temperatures stay solid and they're not 20 degrees one day, eight degrees the next. Yeah. So back out. I, I believe natural UV is probably the best way for most mm. animals. So I try and get as much as I can outside. Um, even over summer this year, over like, you know, when we get our 40s and high 30s, I'm thinking I'll probably whack even the Taipans outside and see how they go, mm. give it a trial. So that'll be awesome. That'll be interesting to see because they come from such a humid environment. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how we go. I don't know. Might go the collets is a bit drier, but yeah. yeah. We can keep them humid. Over summer, like with the cop heads and all that, I was, you know, getting the hose out on mist and water in the pits down and throwing bottles of frozen water in there to keep them, you know, cold. So they, they, they went all right last year. I didn't lose any. So I just kept doing what I'm doing, I guess. That's usually the best way with vents. If you haven't killed it doing it, keep doing it. <laughs> so yeah, it's the best way. Yeah, well, any other questions? I, I yeah, got sure. nothing else. <laughs> uh, I'm always happy to answer questions. That's all good. Yeah. Well, have you got the inlands, the inland type in? No, but I'm, I'll have one within the next, uh, give me a reckon, couple of weeks. So I'm, <laughs> I'm at the moment. It's a species that I, I've handled heaps. Never really looked at keeping. There we go. Um, up until I've got number two, got number three, got number four. Where's number one? <laughs> so I thought I thought I'd better fix that, but yeah, I'm sorting I'm sorting myself out in inland. I had a friend who's got a few too many, and uh, he wants to give a couple away. So why not? I'll put my hand up, give him fifty bucks for him or something. I love cheap yeah. stuff. Good. Yeah. Elliot asks, when are we heading to Whip? I'm Elliot. guessing that's directed to you. Oh my god. When are we going to whip I don't think we're going to whip Whip's down local nightclub for all of you out there. But, uh, I don't know. I don't know if we're going. I'll ring you, I'll call you after this, my friend. We will discuss if we're going. I'll probably just drop you off there and come back home and clean reptiles because <laughs> that's what we're meant to be doing all day. But I've procrastinated, so now I've got to do it. And Mitch asks, what is your next small dragon species or the next small dragon species you want to keep? The next small dragon species. Oh, that's hard, man. I've kept um, central netters in the past. I wouldn't mind going back to them. But at the moment, I'm really stuck on probably red, red bars or painted dragons are up there. The painted dragons are really cool. Um, mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm really getting into them. I've, I struggled at the start with small dragons. I lost a couple just to, just, they're just really delicate, overheating, mm. underheating. Um, and I lost a couple off really early, but I'm getting better at them. It's something that I really like to keep. Um, 
and they they're quite frustrating for me as a keeper to go. Oh, I can't believe I lost another one. But if you improve, I, f- I found I'm doing well. Like my long nose dragons, they were mating today. They've been mating the whole week. Fingers crossed they'll breed. The Cresteds I haven't killed, so <laughs> I'm doing well oh, with them. <laughs> yeah, the Cresteds are hard, man. Like they take heat like nothing else I've ever seen. Like, you, you know, the standard thing with, like, your water dragons and all that, oh, I'll give it a basking spot at 30 and, you know, the rest will be right. The Cresteds are hard. They, like, overnight heat are, like, 25 degrees and they'll sit under basking spots, which is, like, 47 degrees plus. Jeez, that's like, like a monitor like, level. Oh, yeah, they're insane. Like, I was worried about cooking them and then I was wondering why their metabolism wasn't really pumping. Like, they, they weren't smashing crickets. And I spoke to a friend and he said, grab um, one of those mercury vapors, you know, the UV and heat in yeah. one. He said, grab a big one of them, put it on, and you watch. And it, I did it, and literally they go crazy. They lay under it all day. So they're unreal. Well, not all day. It makes it sound like I'm underheating. But, no, they, they lay under it all day. It's awesome. Big flat rock under there gets nice and hot, and they love it. They go crazy. So I love that species. They're really cool. For those of you that haven't seen Crested Dragon, Google them. They are awesome. Cool oranges. Yeah. They're really cool. Now, Cody asks, are you getting a black coastal type in? Oh, Cody. Is that Cody Stringer? Yeah. Yeah. So, I have fallen in love ever since I was starting out on Vens, like really young. I think they're the Tully locale, the black type ends, um, the coastals. So, you can get them completely black and they have that white face. They are my obsession. I don't know a single person who is like a friend of mine that owns one. Um, I've spoken to people who've kept them in the past. I know people who keep them now, um, but they are so cool. I am obsessed with black coastal type ends. And I know Shane Black is known for the black type ends up there. Shane, you've got to send me a pair, man. I know you got rid of I shouldn't say that. He got rid of some because I put myself in line for this season's babies, and he got rid of them. But I'm uh, speaking close with Scott Piper. Um, yeah, yeah. Where I've put myself on the waiting list. I'm getting a hatchy, so I will have a black type end before I die. I must. Nice. I must keep. It's gonna happen. They're um they're wicked. I can't wait to see that thing. I've got um I've got one in the back. It's a big Cooktown, so it's a big bright red one. Um, but I just want that black, just that contrast over each other is going to be so cool. I'm obsessed. Yeah. So definitely coming soon. Sounds good. And another yeah. question is, what is the biggest lizard you have? The biggest lizard I own personally. Um, I don't keep that big of a, I don't own that big of lizards. Um, I gave my, I had a, I had a massive stump here. You gave that to the school. I think it's huge. Um, the biggest one I've got at the moment is probably oh, I got my big male bluey down the back is like northern blue tongue size. He's massive. Um, I don't keep a lot of large monitors or anything. I feel bad. Um, I've got to, I've got to feel. Someone's pointed that out now. I've got to get a large monitor. Um, no, I'm actually I'm actually looking at getting a lacy at the moment. I know everyone keeps lacies, but they're freaking cool. Normal lines. or bells? Um, I don't know. I might go the bells normal cross. Um, I don't know. I like the normal ones with like the blue in their face. You get the Queensland locales. They're pretty nice. Yeah. Um, I've got there, there's a pet I didn't cover. I've got actually I keep a I've got a ringtail possum on um on license down the back. Oh okay. Percy. Um, so I've got Avery space down the back of my place. So I'm actually thinking of putting another Avery down there with his not in together separate and um yeah, yeah Lacey in there or you know when the licenses change I put my emeralds trees in there and just put my vapors in there. <laughs> 
be pretty cool. But yeah, I wouldn't mind getting a Lacey or a Spencer's. They're pretty cool. Mm. Um, ideally, if I could keep any species, it'd be the Emerald Tree or probably um, like a Yellow Spotted, so like a Panoptes. That'd yeah. be awesome. But yeah, Biggest Lizard at the moment, I've got a massive male blue hung in the back. Like he's huge. So that's it. For now. Right. We've got Lacey. a few questions. Um, yep. Brandon asks, do you have any bats and what's a Lacey? <laughs> I don't have any bats, no. Um, bats we can get at the zoo though, so that'd be pretty cool down the line. Um, a Lacey, so the Laceys are known as uh, the Lace Monitor. Um, I don't know if pronounce it scientifically if wrong, Baroness Venardus or something like that. I don't Close know. Uh, but yeah, they're the, they're the local species of Monitor where you get sort of on the east coast of Australia. It doesn't really come too far down here in Melbourne, there's a couple of spots. Second um, or third them. largest in Australia? Yeah, there's Parenti, Panoptes, and then them. So I think they're the third largest. Yeah, um, I think that's. I think that Panoptes, um, Lacey thing is still a bit debated at sometimes. Yeah, up in the air. But um, yeah, I've seen some big Panoptes. I know people who like demonstrators down here have Panoptes, and they're big. So mm. they're a lot more like they're a lot bulkier. Their body is just bigger compared to our Laceys, whereas our Laceys are sort of skinny and long compared to them. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was one thing that surprised me. I think it was either the last VHS Expo or the one before that. There was a Panoptes for sale, and I was like, wait, that is random because there's only a select amount of people that could own them. Yeah, so that would be based towards the demonstrators and displayers yeah. down here. Yeah, Panoptes is something that I'd love to see at the zoo one day. I'd love to see, like, a big pit of Panoptes, but due to Melbourne weather, can't really keep them outside, so it'd have to be inside, so... Maybe I was convinced the zoo to build me a huge, like, barn just to house monitor species in. That would be pretty cool. I'm sure they'll be fine with it, you know. Like, oh, yeah, and build whatever you want. Saltwater croc. No. <laughs> or you could do what Ballarat does and have the big hot pond and then just oh, yeah. land. I think that exhibit was off the top of my head. I think it was, like, 1.7 million or something like that. Jeepers. It's a cool-looking tank, all, though. Whole, um, got water running through it, hot water. In piping, mm. it's like zigzag through it to keep the uh, to keep the rock warm, and then they've got like that area heater panel over the top, and then the water's heated, and the filtration, and the mock rock, and the roller door to go outside, and it's massive. So yeah, mm. Ballarat, Ballarat's an awesome place. They have really nailed it with their reptiles. I'm really good friends with Greg yeah. Parker, uh, who owns it. Shout out to you, Greg, if you're watching on whatever account you're hidden under. Um, but yeah, Greg's a really good guy. Um, I know at the moment he's looking at actually collecting it. A, pretty much a huge monitor collection down there at Ballarat, including emeralds, trees, panoptes, and parentes. Um, so I know they're looking at doing that, so keep your eyes on Ballarat Wildlife Park for that. Yeah, they're probably one of my favourites too. That's one that I go yeah. to fairly frequently. Yeah, I was up there well, a couple of weeks ago. Um, we had. Were you down for, this, for the screening on Minutes to Die, the snake? No, I right. couldn't because school time didn't work, unfortunately. Yeah. so we... We got down with a couple of the uh, little high kids and Ron Whitaker and all that were down there and we had a chat and said, so what's the guy you down for the weekend, Rom? And he said, oh, I want to go up to Ballarat. And we went, oh, no, we'll all go up. So the VHS um, committee uh, members, a couple of them, and Ron Whitaker and all that, we all went up to Ballarat and um, spent the day there. And it was really, really awesome. Greg Parker, the, the owner, was showing us around, you know, getting hands-on with the Komodo, going into Crunch's enclosure and feeding Crunch. It was really, really cool. 
Um, Greg runs an awesome, awesome facility there. His staff are awesome. The animals are even cooler. I mean, I don't know anyone else that owns 11 spitting cobras. Um, but Don't you Greg, only get to see two of them on display? Yeah, that's right. They're all at the back. Yeah. I think Greg... Uh, sort of uses the park as an excuse to get things that he secretly wants for himself. He's like, oh, we can get we want. Oh, spitting cobras. Oh, I've got 11 of them now. And he's like, oh, why do you need 11? Oh, I don't know. That's where I... Like, for example, he had, he's got four or five inland taipans down there. Great. Yeah, I spoke to a few friends that had worked there and they were saying how much they've got off display compared to what you actually get oh, to yeah. see. Massive. The alligator snapping turtles out the back. No, they, they run a really, really cool program. Greg's got a lot of cool stuff. The pig-nosed turtles and, the, you know, all these freshies and all that. He's, no, the Al Burmese python. That's that yeah, the, amazing. A trio of red-tailed boas, I think. So, yeah, Greg has got some awesome stuff. And his son, Charlie, he'll be next to Bo and hands down. Charlie's yeah. hooked on the reptile bug like we all do, except his dad's got the facilities to, yeah. to fuel you well, so... I know Charlie's got better dragons than I do. He's got he breeds red bar dragons and all that stuff in his bed. So, I love you, Charlie, but I hate the fact you've got awesome stuff. And I don't. Probably breeding list. I'll take anything surplus. But yeah, no, he's really good kid. There's a, another question from Brandon who says, "What's your coolest reptile?" The coolest reptile. Brandon, you should already know the answer to that. The uh, the coastal taipan by far. Brandon was at my house probably what a month or so ago. And, um, yeah, he goes, oh, get it out, get it out, get the huge type in it. I pull it out. He's like, oh, put it back, put it back. So, <laughs> really funny. He was all keen until it came out, and then he uh, tucked his tail between his legs. He was out of there quicker than I've ever seen him leave the reptile room, actually. So, yeah, no, nah, definitely the coastal tie. I find it amazing that a snake that's so deadly and can take a human down so quickly to be as placid as that. Mm. Um, she's so calm, so quiet. In fact, I actually feel bad in owning her. She should be used as a display animal in a zoo in like a venom talk every day. Um, you know, I, she's just, I feel like she's wasted sitting down in my reptile room in her enclosure, just, you know, slithering around. If someone offered me, you know, and said, oh, I want to take them up to Hillsville and have her on display there, I, I'd probably give them to them. Um, but I want my tally type end first. I'd have to have a type end to replace the type end with. But, um, Fair enough. Yeah. Really, she's and really um, Nick says he used to be a reptile keeper at Ballarat, and uh, it's an amazing collection for sure. Yes, Nick did used to be a reptile keeper. Um, I know that they've just had a job opportunity go up there recently. I saw that. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I applied for it. A couple of other people I know applied for it. I know the person who actually got the position. Um, shout out to you. You know who you are. I'm not going to release your news. You can get onto it. But you'll do awesome up there. It's a great park, a great place to be. I hope to end up there one day in the future. I know Greg certainly mm. wants me up there, but I don't know. It's four hours away. I've got to move my whole collection up there, so we'll see. Oh, we'll see. Maybe go, some, rather, go somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Well, I'd rather go Australia Zoo or somewhere like that, keep my animals outside. Mm. I don't have to pay for the electricity in Queensland. That'd be all right. My, my <laughs> Crested Dragons probably be the only ones inside of their 47 degrees. Just like, oh, my God, it's too cold. Uh, yeah. Stewie says, I'll take it off your hands. I'll use her for demonstrations. That's what oh, the type in. You have something pretty good to swap for. I mean, come on, man. You got, you got a tully tie, maybe. She's so calm, like ridiculous. Stewie, when you come out to the eastern suburbs, come come by. You can have a handle. The thing is ridiculously quiet. Um, the guy I got her off was, he was, 
you know, I wouldn't call him over-cautious, but he was really cautious. Like, never, ever, like, would he take that snake out and just try and tail it and handle it. He was just like, no, nah, comes out of the cage, goes into the tub, gets clean, goes back, don't run any chances. Fair enough, he had a family, young kids and everything like that, and that's why he got rid of it. Um, but, man, that thing is so calm. He did an excellent job with that snake. Hats off to the previous owner. Um, you did an awesome job. But if you were, I've worked with her for the past six months or so now that I've owned that animal and she's come so quiet. It's it's incredible. A gentle giant. She's nearly, she's probably over two metres in length now, um, smashing large rats. So she's just going to keep growing. She's only four years old. So, mm. yeah, she's got a lot of life left in her. And I look forward to, if I did move into a position in another wildlife park, Stewie, man, if you want to put your name on it, that's easy, darling, my friend. We'll do that. We'll sort it out. She's awesome. Yeah, I've been reading the that Venom book recently, just hearing all the stories about the Taipans. Have you read that oh, yet? Oh, uh, the Brendan... The Brendan James Murray one. Yeah, yeah we um, yeah. What was it the VHS talk when he came out that night. It's a yeah. good book, actually. I once it. um, it's awesome. Actually, my, my newest edition here, the newest edition to the Reptile Book Collection, moving out of the light, is uh, the new the Bible for me. The thing's massive. Oh, yeah. The thing's thick as. Um, yeah, this is like the godsend for uh, Australian lizards for me at the moment. I'm uh, going crazy reading oh, reading every page with it. It's a big book yeah. about everything. So, yeah, this is the one I'm digging through at the moment. Got some awesome stuff in there. So, great book, that one. And a lot of well. things that we can't have. <laughs> and a lot of things that we cannot keep, correct. Hashtag department, change your ways. No. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny when I talk to people from New South Wales, like Mitch, um, and he complains about not being able to get, or I think they're not allowed to get crocs, if I'm correct. Yeah, so New South Wales meter rule, I think. Once they're over a meter, they're gone. Yeah. The it's the crocs and allowed? the mammals, I think, is their issue at the moment. Yeah. But yeah, then it's you interesting. Look at ours. With all the dragons and monitors and skinks and things that we can't have. Well, look at Queensland with with the cap, you know, the cap to a certain number of each mm. species. I can that would suck, man. Yeah. Like especially breeding stuff. Like I don't know if breeding's exempt. Like if you're breeding, well then that's classified as separate, or either you've still got to keep under that number. But that's got to suck. I know, um, good friend of mine um, has been sent down a whole heap of death adders from a guy who was keeping them in Queensland who didn't want to sell them. So instead he freighted them down to a guy down here in Vic and he's currently holding them all, um, for this mm. guy. And there was something like 60 adders, something he sent down. And I mean, that's got to suck. He's probably got like, what I think they kept it like 20 of certain species up there. So it's got to suck for guys like that with big collections, especially the private guys. Um, but oh, we're just lucky we haven't got that down here in Vic just yet anyway. Mm. Don't can our chickens before they hatch. I'm sure they'll bring something down. <laughs> yeah, especially if mm. if they cap Queensland and then New South Wales falls, then we're done. Just keeps coming down the country. <laughs> but yeah. nothing much we can do apart from petition against it. And yeah, mm. we'll see, see how it goes. We'll try our hardest. And Cody asks, what's your least favourite venomous snake? <laughs> oh, that's so hard. Um, I don't really know. 
the, my least favorite. Do I have a least favorite? Um, probably. Oh, I don't even know. I love everything. Probably like. Well, I don't hate them, but probably the collets. Collets, black snakes, uh, extremely beautiful, great to handle. Mine's a bit jumpy, but they're really, really awesome to look at. I love them. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but I went away for a long weekend once, so I fed everything earlier in the week, and I went away on the Thursday. I had the Friday, Saturday, came back on the Sunday. The collets cage, you know, a couple of the tigers had like one poo in the corner, you know, everything like that. The collets I picked up twelve different poos from. That's nuts. Metabolism so quick, and I didn't feed it anything more than it normally has. <laughs> Unless crazy. the thing was just completely constipated, and I didn't realise. In which case, I feel bad. <laughs> oh my god, I've never seen so much poo in enclosure, just spotted around everywhere. And I was like, <laughs> "Where'd you get it all from? Like, what have you been eating while I've been away? Like, how did digest so quick?" <laughs> but um, yeah, they they just poo like you wouldn't believe. Like, here's a finger painter, man. You'll come back in the glass is just covered in poo, and you're like, "Oh my god." Can you just not do mm. that? But yeah, they are what they are. He's, he's an extremely beautiful snake. He's probably the reason why I haven't bought another one because I want to clean up double the amount I already am. But um, yeah, they're really <laughs> All right, we've got a question from Cody Stringer who says, yep. when my water python and turtle grow up, should I get a huge case cage and house them? Yes. How cool would that be? Water pythons above turtles would be awesome. Mm. Go like one more and do like fish in there too got like an exotic fish got like a saratoga or something that'd be cool I would so be down for that or like you could do green tree pythons above water that'd be pretty cool mm. I've seen a green tree python cage um, in someone's house and they had a green tree python and then they had like a water over the bottom and they had fish in there they had like discus and stuff that was really cool um, so people have got some awesome setups puts mine yeah. to shame <laughs> And we've got a question from Brandon who says, what's the biggest snake you have? Biggest snake I've got? Probably probably the coastal tie. Blackhead is probably just a bit smaller than her. She'd be two, she'd be two metres, if not bigger, by now. She's a big girl. Um, especially when you look at Oda Tiger Snake out there, which is four years old, and he's probably two, nearly three foot. And she's four years old, and she's over two metres. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's big. Yeah. Um, heaven... Please don't ever have, like, you know, the day where she chases me across my reptile room, which is only three <laughs> metres wide. So I've got about a metre of space to dodge her. Um, but, yeah, I love her. I love that snake. She's just so big and so awesome. And it's sort of weird. Like, you look at the face and they look serious and they sort of demand respect. And that's really, mm. really cool. Um, I love working with them, especially because a lot of Ven guys don't like dealing with coastal tires because they're quick and they're so intelligent and smart. Um, it sort of so it sort of makes you sit back and go, well, if they don't want to deal with it, I'll give it a go. And I was lucky to, um, I'll, I'll agree, I'm lucky to have the coastal type and I have at the moment. I'm lucky she's as quiet as she is. I've handled a handful of coastal tires over my three years of Venn experience and they have all been pretty crazy and she's probably the best one I've seen. So I'm lucky, but sometimes I wish I had a bit of a skits one, you know, keep you on your toes a bit <laughs> Ever going? Maybe I'll just never handle the black one when I get it. No, I'll definitely. I want that quiet. So, yeah, no, they're awesome. They're a great snake. Um, not the not the best snake for private keepers, in my opinion. If you're looking at something that's gonna get nine foot long, mm-hmm. with the potential to, you know, take flight um, in you know half a second, 
Um, they're not really probably the best, but they, uh, yeah, they're, they're cool. I like them. And they're they're a cool yeah. species to photograph. Once there's glass in between the two of you, then it's fine. Yeah, we're <laughs> the best. Uh, I'd love to get pictures of my one. When um, if you guys come out, well, if you come out, when Jake Peterson comes out to his video, you should probably come out and get some pictures too. I thought we'll set something up if you want some other mm. pics. We'll sort yeah. Um, yeah. because there's stuff up. I'd love to get that snake photographed um, she's awesome her red the red colour through her is incredible and the yellow faces and the commentaries especially they're beautiful so yeah I'd love to get some photography done so you never know Josh potential potential yeah. for you always but there you go for everyone watching keep your eyes peeled on the <laughs> Jake Peterson's channel Aussie Rep Reptiles I hate to plug someone else but uh, Jake if you're watching you and me know we have plans to film my joints. So. <laughs> well, he's been so, wanting to do that for a long time, hasn't he? I know. He's been pushing me and I feel so bad because <laughs> I, oh, I just, I didn't have, I had a lot of stuff coming. I didn't have it. And then yeah. it went winter and I actually, I'll openly admit it because a lot of reptile guys are scared to. I had a mite breakout down the back. I borrowed a friend's spot, didn't borrow. He gave them to me when went on, he went overseas traveling for eight months, something like that. Um, I took on his beardies and his blueies, and then I had mite. Um, he's back now. He's taken them back. I treated the whole collection. It took me five, six weeks to clear it, and now I've got substrate and everything's back in enclosures. Everything's back to normal. I was absolutely spewing. This goes to show, even though they're like good mates, don't trust them, but what can you do? I went there, I overcome it. Everyone gets mites, everyone hides it. Everyone hates talking about the fact, oh, I've got mites in my collection, but it happens. Um, you know, mm, it's I like told RI. Oh, yeah, RI happens as well. Yeah. Everyone's ashamed of it because they think it makes them, you know, a bad keeper, but everyone's had it. Everyone's yeah, I had, I've had that go through a couple of times. I lost a couple of blueies to RI, and then I had two yeah. that recently got it, but luckily got onto it early, and then they're fine now. Yeah, and they usually they usually they overcome it anyway in the end. They usually all yeah. good with it. Um, and um, so I, uh, you, you, you go, you go. I was going to say I've seen a lot of people with RI. Um, I know a guy at the moment who's currently battling with a respiratory infection in a snake, um, who I've helped out a couple of times with that. So yeah, it, it happens. You, you can't prevent it. It's usually phone <laughs> and you haven't picked up on it quick enough, or you know, if it's an outdoor snake, it's got too cold or something like that. Mm. But it is what it is. Everyone gets it. It's all about overcoming it. And people are ashamed yeah. to hide it. Everyone gets it. It's treatable. Mm. If you were having the first of a breakout of a new virus ever that, you know, there's no cure for, like sunshine, for example, mm. you probably want to tell about it. I wouldn't be keeping Is it that a thing still here? Is that still an issue? Um, I, I've dealt very closely um, with sunshine virus, not in my collection. Um, but I've, I've dealt with snakes with SV before, um, and I've overcome it. I know a lot of people who've had SV in their collections and are still testing at the moment to make sure they got rid of it. Um, it's very unfortunate, but it is what it is. Um, I don't like it. Um, I know there's a lot of extensive research, research, research going on with, um, you know, people looking at snakes that have tested positive to sunshine but are showing no signs at all. I know Dr. Shane Simpson, the reptile doctor, he's really yeah. looking into it. Uh, he's done a lot of work with that. So, yeah, good on him. And, yeah, he's got to get out there. He's got to educate us about it and how we should treat mm. it better um, if there is a treatment, which I don't think there is yet. But it's sad, but it happens. It is what it is. Mm. So we've got a comment here from 
Well, it's from Jake, but on Jesse's account. He says, I'm watching through Jesse's account. Get your stuff together. Get my stuff together. Mate, when are you on school holidays? I'm going to leave. <laughs> no, let's do it. We're going to do some awesome stuff. Um, and yeah, I can't. Chitin, Chitin, yeah? Mm, yeah. says, is there any endangered snakes in your collection? Not really. Um, the yellow face whips in the commentary is probably the hardest to come by. I don't know, other than Lucky King, another person with captive yellow faces. Um, mm. And the commentaries, there's about four or five people down in Vic with these. Um, I think I they're fairly people. common in New South Wales. Whether they're legal or not is another thing, but... Yeah, that's interesting. And I'll admit, it, I, I purchased the commentary off a guy. It came fully licensed, but it was uh, loaded from worms. And he lived in New South Wales, and I got afraid of down. And I was like, well, okay. But, you know, it is what it is. I've treated the worm. Um, I've removed most of them. I'm still chipping away at a few. Um, and it's sad, and I feel bad for those animals. But that's just the way it is. I didn't know. The pictures mm. the guy sent me, you couldn't even see it. I don't even think it was the same snake. Um, but to show you, you should really know people who you're buying off but yeah that snake is still even a hatchy so i can't even breed with it yet um mm. but yeah the adults i've got at the moment uh yeah they weren't free everything looks good on them so i'm just praying to god i come in and she's laid eggs so i'm gonna do a nest up for her actually because yeah so the, is that the water dragon going yeah that's the water dragon yeah. going nuts and um, would you ever sell your yellow face whip? <laughs> Who commented that? Kyrton. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Oh, I love that snake. He, just because you don't see him. And mm. I feel like if I sold it, I'd be kicking myself for it. Mm. Um, but I'd happily loan it to a guy who had the opposite sex or had more that wanted to breed them or something like that. That'd be fine. Because mm. at the end of the day, me having one is not benefiting the hobby in any way. Mm. Um, other than there being a captive one, um, I'd rather be able to, you know, share them around with guys and breed them and, you know, get more and more in captivity because there's no point just us keeping mm. individual animals. We should be really pushing this species and growing out. I know a lot of people feel that way. Um, Mike Alexander from Black Snake Productions, we've been talking. Um, he's flat out at the moment with demonstrations and school visits mm. and home life and everything like that. But he's paired curl snakes and I happily said, look, if you want to send some babies my way, I'll get them going. Or I'll try to anyway, um, just to get more in the hobby. Because I feel like that's where we lack. A lot of guys keep their collections best, the best. Nah, no one else has got this. This is the rarest. This is the best collection. Like, it's all good to have animals that are, you know, they're rare and unseen, but mm. the more we can get them, the better. You know, look at the blue tongue community. Yeah. Look what Joe Ball's done for us. Mm. I mean, we've gone from our common banded eastern blue tongues, our blotchies, to the rare, oh, I've got an alpine, all this stuff. And now mm. we're doing melanistics, anery, albino, tea mm. positives, and all this sort of stuff. Like, yeah. I can't even keep, like, I swear there's a new morph every week. Um, it's crazy. <laughs> and yeah, now Joe's there's all the different species with the morphs, too. There's the oh. western, striped western looking things, too. Yeah, oh, it's crazy. It's absolutely insane. I must admit, though, my, me, myself, I don't have the morphs. I've got a pair of common-as Easterns. I've always had them. Um, they're down the back. But it's not to say that, like, I wouldn't have a melanistic. They're pretty cool, the black ones. Yeah. I can see why people do 100%. Um, well, I mean, like, <laughs> Jake, if you're watching. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll let you do a video if you give me a melanistic. <laughs> Seems definitely fair. No. <laughs> 
Um, Mitch asks if you know the sex of the whip snake. I don't actually. I've got to get it sexed. Next time I go to the vet and I see Shane Simpson, I will get him to. Well, I'm happy to try and probe it, but I don't trust myself. So I'll get Shane to reprobe it and I'll let you know. But I'm guessing just based on tail shape, I think it's actually female. So we will see. I need to find a male. If I, that's what I'm betting. I'm I'm 60% sure I'll get a girl. Uh, we will see. It's a matter of keeping it alive at the moment. Like getting it off of mm. cis feeds is the biggest thing for me. So that's what I'm pushing for anyway. Yeah. Cody asks, when are you expecting baby children's pythons? Oh. Um, she's so she's at the stage at the moment now where she's sort of where she's rotating and they flip on their back to move like their eggs along and everything like that. So she's doing that. So I'll probably say maybe a month maybe two. I can, she's starting to look big now, but I can't see the eggs defined her just yet, so we will see. I can give her a month and I'll be pretty close to, that, to the lay. When that pre-lay shed comes along, I'll send you a message. <laughs> What's the uh, pairing there? Just two normals or? Yeah, it's normals. No, yeah. no more. Anything. I'm pretty boring. Oh my god. Not good enough. <laughs> nah, but you've got the fens and the crocs though, so that makes up for it. Yeah. You're right. We're going to fill in the areas. I need a, need a big monitor. And uh, some morphs. I've got the exantive yeah. black. Come on, man. Yeah, that's, cool. that's a good start. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kyson says, will you ever put your copperhead outside? Absolutely. Um, yeah, as we get into the warmer weather, I give it the next, what, month or so. We'll be sitting at 20 degree days every day. It'll be outside. I've had my tiger snakes in and out, in and out um, over the past couple of, like, two or three weeks. We've had sunny days. They've been out for the warmer days and in for the colders. So, yeah, I'm slowly itching to get things back outside. I was going to try and keep everything outside straight through winter this year, but a couple of things were a bit too small. Um, so, yeah, just keep, keep my eye on things for next season for sure. Brandon says, would you sell your lizards? Depends which ones he's interested in. I mean, if you want me Cunningham skinks, I guess so. They're pretty boring. But uh, the Cresteds and the Longnose Dragons, not. Nah, I love them. They're awesome. Little species, so, yeah, no, nah, definitely not. Yeah, um, what else have we got here? Let's see. Um, Stewie says morphs and jags are floating, uh, flooding the reptile community. Jags uh, I can agree with. Yeah, so I have been involved in the VHS Expos since I was young, like really young. Mm. We're talking way back. Um, and I remember when Albino, Doe and Cub Pythons were just like the ultimate. Everyone's like, oh my God, Albino, Doe and Cub Python, crazy rough scale pythons. Oh my God, you never see these and getting into laces and geckos were a big thing back then as well. And then over the years as a kid, I've been able to sit back and sort of see the reptile world change around me. So I've seen people move into the jags and then into the albinos and now we're in albino olives and that sort of thing. And then from the from the rare localities into the morphs and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Like I remember when localities came in, everyone was like, oh, if you've got the Pilbara locality, I don't know, come from somewhere up there. But um, yeah, I remember when that stuff came in and, you know, it's changed heaps. Um, the reptile, the reptile hobby is always it's ever changing. Mm. Well, the next big thing, what will it be? No one ever knows, you know. Yeah. It might be turtles. Don't call it that bear. Well, who knows? There could be random turtle morphs that pop up in the few in a turtle few years. Turtle morphs. You know? Albino. There, there's yeah, there's albino. Isn't it albino Murray Rivers already? Yeah. Albino 
know Murray's I've seen one before. Amazing Amazon had one for a little while. Yeah. Uh, Did you see yeah. that they sold their old yeah. Albino Olive stuff earlier this year? Yeah. That thing was so cool. Mm. I wouldn't have an Albino Olive, but I don't have that money laying around, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, Mitch asks, what's your dream captive a leopard, which isn't one of the big five? Isn't one of the big five? What? Um, dream captive a leopard. Um, that's hard. That's really hard. Um, I don't know about the top five. I'd have to... I really... Oh, I'm actually looking. I've got money deposited on a pair of the King Browns. Um, so a pair of them. I really like the colour of them. I think they're a great species. I've never kept King Browns. I've worked with a lot of them, handled a lot of them. Mm. Um, but never kept them. So kind of sorting out a pair of them for myself. And, oh, I don't know, probably probably the scaleless death adders. So I reckon they'd be pretty cool. Like you've seen mm. the black. There's, there's pictures everywhere, this black one with bands. Um, I know someone who has scaleless. And uh, I know he has scaleless. I've seen pictures, but he tells me he hasn't got them. So, uh, you know. Isn't you there are. albinos as well? Oh, there's albino adders, yep. Yeah, I've seen them. Uh, been offered them, but. I don't know. I've got one. I've got one adder at the moment. I paid 50 bucks for him and he is as boring <laughs> colours come. He's like dark brown, no bands. Um, but he, he's really cool. I like him. I only yeah. got him because someone else was clearing out crappy vents they didn't want. And they said, oh, do you want an adder? And I went, yeah, what do you want? And they said, I'll just take it. I said, I'll give you 50 bucks for it. And um, yeah, it's a great snake. He's so funny. Like an animal so small. And when you go into his cage to clean out his enclosure, he's doing the little lure thing, like trying mm, to get you to come yeah. over. So cool. I love them. They're a great species. They're so quick, though. They scare me. Um, I don't yeah. know how people tail adders like that, but they're so quick. But anyway. Yeah, they're probably it. my second favourite of the venomous stuff. Just the, like the pilbaras in the desert at Death Adders. Yeah. The, the colours are just insane. Yeah, I love the um, the Sydney reds. They're probably... Mm. probably if you've ever seen a Sydney Red, they're really nice. So they're a species I'd love to keep, actually. So, yeah. Yeah. So we've got a question here from Peter who says, Hey, guys, how's it going? It's going pretty good, I think. It's going good. We're doing well. We're uh, live on a Saturday night. I don't even have dinner yet. I don't know. We're going we're gonna to go out and get something to eat. My <laughs> friend is ever so patiently. Oh, look at that camera. <laughs> Ever so patiently uh, waiting. We'll go soon. Eventually. Uh, <laughs> go outside. You can clean vents. Like, why? Are you... I've got this. Is probably something out there for food. Like, the college has probably done like six in the time I last cleaned him. <laughs> go check, man. <laughs> no, it's all good. And Brandon asks Do you have turtles? No, I don't. I had turtles. Uh, I used to keep them in with my croc, the female, the freshie. Um, and then uh, as they got bigger and the croc got bigger, the croc was starting to get like push them out the way. Mm. It's getting a bit ruthless with them. And I thought, oh my God, I'm going to lose a turtle here. Um, so I actually gave mine to the, the high school. So the little that I have my two turtles down there kicking in the ponds. So, yeah. Yes. They're, they love life and they're, they're the fattest things ever because <laughs> they just... So, yeah, yeah the LHS, LHS is the best. They're, yeah, oh, they're so, 
I'm privileged to say I've been a part of that program. Mm. Um, I'm forever grateful for what they've done for me. And if they offered me full-time work there, I would consider going back. They are, they're so cool. Yeah. yeah it's awesome. It's, I've been there once and I would have to say if I had the choice, I would go there every day. Oh it's, yeah. They're so, so cool. cool. And living so close to it, it's awesome. Like there's mm. been a few weekends where I've got everything done here and I'm sitting here going, Oh, what can I do for the rest of my day? And I've gone, oh, I was going to the high school. You know, the benefit of that, I, you know, I used to be staffed there and working there for many years. I've got keys, can get in whatever I want. Um, and you know, I've gone down there, clean out the turtle tanks and help there where I can because I love that school. I love watching it. And uh, it's a great place to be. It's awesome. Yeah. Cody asks an interesting question. Murray Cod plus Big Barra, Saratoga Turtles and Croc. Would you risk it? Jesus, Murray Crod, Big Barra, Saratoga and Croc. All in I'll one. say for me, I would not bother. Keep the fish oh. separate. Well, the time you blow all your money on fish, if the Crocs eat it, you'd be devastated. Saratoga's yeah. Um, I know on the lowdown, we, ha we had plans at the school to run Freshies, Mertens and Pignose Turtles in one. That'd that would be risky, be, though. It would be. I'd be more. I wouldn't worry about the, the pig noses too much. The freshies are pretty good, but I'd be worried the about mertens. the mertens. Yeah. Lay around and the crocs would probably have a go. So, yeah. Well, I know people that keep turtles and mertens together without much of an issue. Yeah. So that, yeah, we can, and doesn't LHS? Yeah, LHS does that. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. We have sawshell, crefts, and Mary, Mary Rivers all in one. Mm. So. Yeah, we're pretty cool. We got water dragons with long long necks, all that sort of stuff. So yeah. Mm. Now Brandon asks, "Do you have any koalas?" Someone said you did. <laughs> I definitely don't have any koalas. If I did, I'd be cashing in on them because I don't want to pay for that much gum leaves each day. They only eat oh like a handful of different kinds of gums, uh, yeah. mana gums, and that sort of thing. Um, they are so hard to keep. And as we found out at the zoo, they are really expensive. I don't know if you know this, but koalas like go for like 25 grand a pair. Jeez. Um, so koalas aren't cheap. Um, no, not at all. So no thanks. I'm anti-pet koala. I do not want one. The only real mm. pet I'd, I'd love like that is I'd love an echidna. That'd be pretty cool. Mm. I'd love to have the pit in my backyard with a huge echidna in it just walking around. That'd be awesome. Um, what else have we got here? Aaron says, do you need, do you have any help with your collection? Do I have any help with my collection? Well, isn't it funny? Cause, uh, Aaron's the guy on my shoulder and yes, he does help with my collection hugely. Um, Aaron's here most weekends, as you can see now, um, he comes around after work on a Saturday and we're usually here on Sunday, just cleaning and stuff. Uh, and feeding stuff. Aaron's favourite animal is probably the death adder, which I paid the less the less amount of money for, the least amount of money for. <laughs> or the, or the common trees. When I was talking about going for the Ballarat position and I said, you know, if I didn't go to Ballarat, I have to get rid of some stuff. He's like, don't get rid of your common trees. I'll get a licence off the common tree. So <laughs> I appreciate him. He's uh, he's awesome to have another, another guy here. And that way if I ever go away on holidays or whatever, I know I've got someone who knows what they're doing mm. most of the time. <laughs> got a few close calls. Yeah. Mitch says um, ARP run Mertens, Pig Nose Turtles, and Indicus together without any issues. 
Oh, yeah, I reckon. I've oh, seen. I've seen the Mertens and the um, Indicus is the. Um, what are those? What? What's their common? I don't remember what their common name is, but I've seen that done a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. The main. Th- I've seen. Um, I've seen Mertens kept with a few things. I've seen big Mertens kept with, um, like young alligators in wildlife parks, like in the bottoms. Mm. Um, I've seen. You know, a few different mixed species exhibits. I know Hillfield Sanctuary were very good yeah. when they had mics. They're doing mixed species. Um, they've still got. They've, they've got Mertens, water dragons, uh, northern yeah. long-necked turtles, and a, fresh and a freshwater croc. Yeah. So they're very good at that. I know they've got a jungle python, a Darwin. Yeah, a that was actually scrub. one of the one of the comments is scrub jungle jag land mullets. Yeah, that's what they've got. That's what they've got down at Hillsville, yeah. I'm pretty sure. That's a random one. I saw that one day and I was like, um, wouldn't the land mullet get eaten? Yeah, I know. I've actually, a friend of mine's got a really good picture of the um, land mullet like laying on top of like the Darwin carp of python, <laughs> like basking. You're like, talk about cutting close. Yeah. Clearly no fear in that lizard whatsoever. Yeah. Um, what is another question? Can you keep owls and wombats together? You can. So we uh, at Man Ever Zoo had a bit of an issue with um, like a rodent population in one of our wombat pens because there's no predators in the wombat pen to go after the rats. Well, just so chuck the owl in there and see what happens, eh? <laughs> well, that's what we did. We, we thought, well, we'll put a roof on it and um, threw, threw some mast owls in there and within the first night, not one rat was in the trap, seen on camera, gone. Um, so they obviously click to it very well mm. and the, the best part is I don't think they've moved to anywhere else like we haven't found them in any other enclosure whatsoever um, and before the wombat I think they were living in an empty enclosure we had aside for our quoll and then as soon as the quoll came in they all moved in with the wombat isn't that funny mm. I reckon the quoll would have scored a few out of that but um, yeah we didn't want you can't really it's hard with zoos because you can't really run baits because if you bait a rat it eats the bait runs into your mm. owl enclosure the owl eats it you lose an owl so yeah we had to really think about how we were going to do it um but we thought generally in the wild owls prey on the rats we don't bait the rats because we can't so if they do get them then that's a win but if not they're definitely mm. not going to stick around if there's two owls hanging over their head every time they walk out of the rat hole so yeah yeah they were gone. we had a few concerns with the owls um sweeping the wombat and causing damage um but we kept a very close eye on him over nocturnal camera or pretty much all night around the clock and yeah, nothing, no scratches on him, no nothing. They were a little bit freaked out by him because all of a sudden this new enclosure they've been put into had a huge wombat come out of its hole. <laughs> they were like, oh my God. But yeah, <laughs> they, yeah, no issues so far. And it looks awesome overnight. I mean, you go there, there's a wombat walking around and there's owls going around over the top. So it's very mm. cool. Yeah, that's probably one of the issues that people uh, that's happening with the owls in the wild, uh, with all the baits and Baiting. stuff. Yeah, I know there is nearly. Oh, I don't know if it's been released yet, or if they're still working on a commercial grade bait which will be used, which they reckon can't. Um, oh, what do you call it? Which can't transfer onto whatever's eating it, basically. So you can't um, mm. second degree kill I guess so once the rat's eaten it it's I think it's either really quick or it's a very small dosage to a bigger animal I don't know how they've done it but um it'll be mm. interesting to see when they become commercially available if wildlife parks choose to take it on and risk it if it does actually work 
Yeah. Um, we dealt with our rodent problem. I know Hillsville and everyone has rodent problems like that, and they've got dedicated teams. But, um, yeah, we just had it in one enclosure and put ours in and they're gone. So, yeah, yeah we're lucky. Kitan asks, do you have any trout? No, I don't. Kitan has trout, though. That's why he's saying that. Kitan's oh, yeah. a little farmer. He's going to farm us trout to feed to our <laughs> cheating animals. If I grow the world's biggest common tree, I might need some trout. <laughs> Imagine that. That'd be that'd be like a scrub python sized commentary just plucking <laughs> trout out of a, a like a lake you'd need for it. That'd be awesome actually. Goals. There you go. My next clutch of commentaries is <laughs> a grub. Get a gold one. Get a gold one for the that gold purpose. One. Yeah, I'm looking for golds. Gold golds. I've held every colour. I know people with every colour. I just need them to breed them for me. Mm. Moonlit's got a nice gold one. I've they do. They only have played with that one. I've been talking to Riley. They need to send that thing over. Yeah. I can sort out a partner. I just need one to get started with. People are more keen to give you a second animal if you have the first one. But starting you off, they're like, no, why would we start off another person? To get them to breed them. Um, yeah. But yeah, gold common trees. Riley Morris, Moonlit Sanctuary. Help me. <laughs> Help me. I need you. Yeah. Stewie asks, what's the weirdest animal you own? Weirdest is Aaron Kent. No, I can't say that. Sorry. Uh, the weirdest animal I own. Um, oh, it's not really weird, but I have a tiger snake. Here's a strange one for you. I've been talking to a good friend about this. Um, I put him outside in the pit last summer, and he didn't eat at all, um, and got really, really, really thin. And I was like, oh my god, it's gonna die. I took it out of the pit, brought it back inside to the reptile room. And it started feeding it. And it was just smashing down rats. And I was like, oh, look at this. It's back to health. Um, and I kicked it back outside. It was still, you know, end of summer. And, um, yeah, put it back outside. And then it started dropping weight again. And I literally one day had a chicken on a tong, a Dale chicken, dangled it in front of it. It didn't want it. Picked the snake up with a snake hook, walked into my reptile room, put it down the tank, threw the chicken in there, and it grabbed it and ate it. It does not eat outside. I just don't know why. I cannot make the thing mm. eat outside at all. I don't know what it is. If it is the open space, it's not enough places to hide. I've given it hollow logs. I don't know what it is. It will not eat outside. So I mm. need to... I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do with that animal. It just wants to live indoors. So, Fair enough. Yeah. That's what I'm looking at moving on, hopefully, in the future. But we'll see. Is there an animal that you currently own that you never thought you would? Um, I never thought I'd get my hands on commentaries so fast. I um, got interested in common tree snakes probably when we got the one at high school, probably two or three years ago. I thought, oh, they're pretty cool. Um, I knew they had a big price tag on them. I knew they were hard to get. And I got my first one probably maybe a year ago, a little bit over a year ago. And now I've got a handful down there, um, four of them. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, they came on pretty quick. Um, I never thought I'd own a coastal taipan either. I was like, mm, a taipan. But, um, yeah, with a lot of handling and a lot of hours handling and handling a lot of other people's coastal tyres, um, that experience, yeah, really helped me out and got me more comfortable with them and I thought, why not give it a go? I spoke to endless amounts of coastal tie keepers about, is this correct? How would you go about housing one? This, that, the other. How do you do handling? Seeing how other people operate. Um, I built a trap box for this one in case it was absolutely crazy and I never even used it. 
Um, so I'm lucky with that one. So, yeah, yep. it's really cool. Peter asks, do you have any farm-type animals? Um, I don't personally have anything farm-type at home. At the zoo, we have a small farm collection. Got some sheep and some alpacas and some chickens. That really counts. But, no, nah, nothing, nothing farm-type. I would have farm-type if I had space. Um, unfortunately for me, I'm just on a standard size block for of you know housing nothing like property wise or anything um but i always wanted to, <laughs> i've um always wanted a highland cow which are like the big woolly hairy cows um yeah if you don't know what they are have a google search highland cows i've always wanted one they're pretty cool um so yeah i'd get one that's a i've got a funny story for you with the farm type animals so yep. as i said before my school's got a couple of snakes and they've got they've got some chickens and a rabbit so I came up with the idea to do like a, just an animal talk at a, like a lunchtime thing. So the school yep. was like, all right, you can have one of the snakes. We'll have a shingleback in one tank. We'll have a frog in another. And then we'll have one of the chickens. We'll have one of the rabbits. And guess where all the kids were? Straight to the chicken. No, nah, quite the opposite. Oh, really? Straight to the snake. Yeah, well, yeah, of was, course, that's what I was hoping. I was hoping you had that like general twist on it where they were just like, nah, stuff the snake. What the chicken? No, of course. <laughs> yeah. nah, chickens are cool, man. I'd have a chicken. But um, yeah, I'd rather an emu. It's like a big chicken. Yeah. I'd have a pet emu. I'm trying to find someone. Anyway, they were hatching hatchy emus this season. Mm. Let me know. I'll keep one. Well, I mean, I think big. Chris Humphrey's popping out quite a few of them. Chris Humphrey's usually the man to go to for emus. Um, he, yeah, uh, I think all, well, we've got two out of our three at the zoo came from him. So, mm. yeah, Chris is all, it's good for that sort of stuff. Yeah, I'm going up to his place in the summer holidays. Uh, summer holidays. The next holiday's coming up to do some stuff yeah. there. It should be good. Yeah, awesome. Chris is a grass guy. Mm. No, all good. Aaron asks, black common tree snakes, subspecies or nah? Oh, I don't know. There's been, I've been talking with a guy um, who keeps, he's got every colour of common tree. Um, shout out to you. Um, he is sort of looking into if the species are a subspecies or not. He suspects that the blacks and the golds are a different species, but oh, I don't know. Okay. I, I'm, I'm a bit on the fence about it. He reckons the greens and the blues, same species. But the golds and the blacks, he doesn't. And his backup behind that is he's bred every... So you can breed greens and blues over each other. No worries, green, blue, yeah. cross. But you cannot breed a green or a blue with a gold for some reason. They just never manage to mate and breed. And buy that in. And his you know, prediction is that it's because they're a subspecies. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Something to look into. Yeah. Well, what do you think with the carpet pythons? So you've got bread layers been separated, I think. That's I think that's confirmed. Yeah. You've got the coastals that and jungles, which might as well be pretty much the same from what I've heard, and the yep. Darwins. The MDs, who knows? Southwesterns probably could be their own species or subspecies. Well, they're already subspecies, but like same with the bread layers. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Um, look, I can, I can see it. Like I can see what people mean. Um, I know like obviously some species of carpets don't get as big as others. There's like the, you know, your coastals, uh, you can get quite large. Um, mm. so I can sort of see what that is. 
I don't know. I'm a bit on the fence with it all, but I know they have separated bread alike. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's definitely something to look into. It's all about comparing. I mean, we're lucky at the school with every species. We should be sitting down and looking at them, you know, compare mm. scale to scale and, you know, their head shapes and their teeth and everything like that. But, uh, you know, they all might fall under the family of Morelia, but then separate mm. off. I don't know. It's interesting. Um, well, it's the same with the scrub pythons. They've been moved around so many times. Yeah. Originally Morelia King and Nye or something like that. Yeah, and now they're yeah. something completely different. They're in Somalia with the Owen Pallies. Yeah. That's uh, interesting. What's the go with Owen Pallies? Is there any left? Uh, I saw a thing on Facebook today that uh, Gavin Bedford put some pictures up, so he's still got his lot. And um, Tony Harrison, the Gold Coast Snake Catcher, is looking at getting one or two. For okay. their demonstrations, so they're still around. Cause um, palsy eye's gone down now, so yeah. That'll yeah. be interesting. I I would love to have an Owen Pally, but you know, yeah. size is one thing, and then licensing is a whole nother kettle of fish. Yeah, getting that onto the license and why you would need that would probably be the hardest yeah. part. Um, you I could think. be like, oh, it's an endangered species. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> we will say, oh, I reckon you'll give them, give them 10 years, you'll say them. They'll, they'll become more mm. common. They'll yeah. branch out. We're figuring out how to breed them. Yeah. Well, I've heard the uh, Criticam guys might be getting into some of them too, Ellen Pelly. <laughs> Peter and Colin. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. They've got a lot of cool stuff. I, yeah. uh, I dread Peter and Colin's place. They've told, I've actually got to go up there. They said, when you come mm. up, you know, we'll show you around. I've got to go up there. I've got to see that collection. So, well, yeah, they, I, um, they, I remember them taking the mangroves that were at the VHS Expo. Yeah. The ones yep. that were for sale there. Yeah. Yeah, so I remember that. I remember they came out to film the school and they saw our mangroves and they were like, oh, my God, we need mangroves, and they picked <laughs> some up. So, yeah, no, they're really awesome. I know Peter actually keeps a lot of death headers as well um, mm, off camera. Yeah, so he does yeah I've seen that on a couple of different channels, some of the Americans that came over. Did some yeah. recording of his death adders. Matters, so yeah. Oh well, if there's um, if there's any other questions, we'll see what happens. Otherwise, I think we can let you go and have fun. I guess. Oh yeah, my no plans, man. I'll probably just go out and clean toilets and uh, yeah, pull out the rats for tomorrow's feed. So. Yeah, rat feed tomorrow, and then Monday night the crocodiles get fed whatever's not eaten, pretty much. So yeah, yeah. that's they're kind of like your garbage disposal then. Yeah, they're good. I always hate it when everything venomous is bitten the rat, and then I don't really want to feed it to mm. them. It shouldn't affect them, for they don't have like a cut in their or something like that, where mm. you know they can go into. But I don't trust that. I don't bit them. But, mm. Yeah, if the pythons haven't eaten, like the other week, my female children's hasn't eaten because I suspect she's gravid, and one of my jungles hasn't eaten, but that's fine because she's huge anyway. She only eats really when she wants to. Um, so I had a couple of rats last weekend for the for the crocs, and they loved them. So yeah, it's really cool. I love. Yeah, that's what I like. Just... That's what I like about my water dragon because if the carver python doesn't eat, the rats are the perfect size for him to eat. So I just oh, go, there awesome. you go. So, yeah, my blue tongue perfect. get the pink. My hatchies don't eat, so mm. I love them. All the Cunninghams love them too. Yeah, yes. yeah. very good. 
All right. Well, I think we'll uh, let you go. Thank you for joining the stream. The first episode of the podcast. I'm honoured. We, I will hopefully have Stewie on next time. If you're still around, Stewie, we'll try and organise that and then go from there. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thanks for everyone for tuning in. We need more things like this in the animal hobby, bringing us all together. So that's awesome. That's good you're doing it. So thank you much. Cool. No worries. Thanks, guys. Any questions, let me know. Um, You can get in contact with me. I think you got my Facebook tagged in most of them. So feel free to shoot me through a message. And yeah, um, yeah that's with the zoo. Yeah, the Twister Willow is up there. So you get onto that. Book a bed and breakfast. Come say hi. That's awesome. So thank you. All right, cool. There we go. All right. Thank you, guys. All righty. And that was the uh, first podcast interview that I ever did uh, with Jamison Brody, of course. Um, fantastic interview there, talking about a bunch of different topics. Um, I hope you have enjoyed. If you want to see more of what Jamison gets up to, uh, you can find him on Instagram is probably the best way to follow up, uh, follow what he's up to. And that is at, uh, let me find that. As I was saying, easiest way to follow Jamison is at uh, herpa underscore J and you'll see photos of different alapids and other critters that he's working with at his place. Um, Feel free to message him if you have any questions about what was discussed there. Obviously, as I said, this is a few years old, so some of it may or may not be as relevant today. Uh, Hopefully, as I said, you have enjoyed. Um, If you want to see what myself and Dane did up to, you can find Dane over at Blue Horizon Reptiles and myself at Josh's Aussie Reptiles. Alrighty, hope you're all keeping safe uh, and having a good one. Thanks. Bye.